0: Welcome to my podcast. My name is Andre Tyson. Today we have two special guests. Usually we have one guest, but today is a special day. Um, we're doing a series on martial arts. The first guest was David, and he did a remarkable job. And you can see that he was very knowledgeable in the things that we talked about different principal martial arts, where did it originated from. And so I threw some really hard question at him. And he was very good, very professional with what um, he, he knows. And you can see the years of experience and everything like that. However, we thought, why not get David Master? And this is the guy who trained David everything he knows. So therefore, without any further ado, we give you Frank.
1: Well, thanks for having me today. And um, yeah, I, I am training uh, David in modern armies, you know, so, yes. so that would be the thing I'm mainly really training yeah. him in yes. right now, but, but he's definitely a pleasure to have. Yeah. You know? Well, thank you,
2: Professor. And a
0: real-life legend right here, so <laughs> uh, there's nothing more that can be said. Yeah, um, and, and I'm very humbled to be in this space right now given their professionalism um, and just all the different qualifications that um, both of these individuals have attained and as i come into um frank or sensei um studio i can see all the awards qualification upon numerous qualifications so i know this is the real deal and and so without any further ado frank um would you like to share a little bit about you know the type of work that you do who you are so that way we kind of get to know more about you know who you are you're the legend but at the same time, to give us you know a little bit about who you are. Yeah.
1: yeah, sure. So when I was a kid, I was really big into athletics to begin with. Like I really loved baseball, and I played baseball from Little League through Intermediate High School, and a little college, and semi-professional. Okay. Um, so I've always really been very athletic, i swam competitively, or weight-lifted. Um, I tried judo when I was a kid, and, and I did that for a little while, but I took more to baseball. So honestly, I, I stayed more with baseball. Um, but, me and my dad used to watch Kung Fu you know, with David Carradine, and I really loved that show. And, you know, I see martial arts like Bruce Lee and all that. So, it, I really didn't get more into it until I started on high school, and that's mm. when I got deeper into it. Um, a friend of mine was a black belt in Kempo Karate, and he asked me one day, hey, do you want to spar? So I thought, well, I'm pretty athletic, I weightlift and swim and run, so how bad could I do? Well, when I sparred him, I was just amazed. He was very strong, but fast and flexible. And I couldn't defend myself as well as I thought I could. Um, and that, that taught me a lot. So I thought it would be fun to maybe secretly join a school and learn how to do karate and not tell him. And then I would spar with him and get better and better and better. Wow. And then one day he sat down and he goes, I can't believe how good you got. How'd you get so good? So finally I finally told him I joined the school secretly. Um, <laughs> and he just laughed, you know, he just laughed. Yeah. Um, so, I did it informally for a while with him before i before I joined a formal school okay so I was always very big in athletics, but then your know, martial arts kind of really took the center stage say, around the end of high school
0: oh okay yeah and, and and for you david uh what was it like growing up as a kid, and when did you get introduced to uh martial arts
2: uh well i my uh my martial arts experience actually was i was probably in my early twenties um and uh, much of the same way as a professor i mean uh I don't think there's a lot of people that can say that Bruce Lee didn't affect their perception of martial arts, you know, so I think, I think, um, you know, as a kid, my dad and I watched a lot of Bruce Lee stuff, you know, and he only did, you know, four or five movies, and he did the Green Hornet, you know, and he showed, we watched reruns of the Green Hornet, and, um, so that, that, early on informed me about, um, my perception, but then, you know, actually training in martial arts, um, it's it's a, you know people you know they say they want to be Bruce Lee they don't understand how hard Bruce Lee worked right you know and, and the real work it takes to get to attain mm. rank and and uh, proficiency in punching and striking and okay. all those things so
0: I was in my early twenties <laughs> yeah. so it's funny for me um, the only uh, experience or how I got introduced to martial arts was. There's these guys who own these convenience store and they'll also have enough space in the back where they will create a movie theater. So growing up in Jamaica, they'll play these martial art movie or kung fu movie. And so that was how, that was the first time we got introduced to what martial art movie is. And I was just like, wow, it was fascinating, you know, because I've never seen anything like that before. So that was my experience. But beyond that, that's as far as I go. So I never trained, but over time, you know, really watching the movie and and learning as much as I could about the the art and and just everything that has to go with the people and everything like that. That's basically as far as, you know, my experience. Mm -hmm. Now, um, so as you guys are learning all this stuff, right, um, who did you train under? Who was your sensei in terms of training all these principles, all these different moves and, and skills and stuff like that?
1: Well, for me, you know, when I, when I told you I joined that school, you know, I just kind of randomly picked the school. I really didn't know a lot about it. Uh-huh. Um, it was just I was driving down the road and saw a karate school, so I stopped in and I signed up. And I liked it okay. But then one day a different teacher walked in, and he just carried himself in a little different way, and he fought better than anybody I've ever seen, and he knew more. And a little voice in my head said, if you want to be a good, follow that man. And his name was Eric Alexander. And um, I just started to follow him, so I'd say he was my first really, like, main teacher that really inspired me. And he taught me how to fight and my basics and my philosophy. Um, I trained intensely with him for five years. Okay. Uh, And then he introduced me to Remy Preces, who's the Grandmaster of Modern Arnese. And uh, when Eric moved out west, then I became Remy Preces, student. So I've had a number of different teachers, but I'd say Eric Alexander was, like, the big one that really taught me the most and influenced me and inspired me. And gave me my basics and my philosophy. And then Remy the Priestess kind of became more of a mentor and taught me, of course, all of modern Arnis. Okay. So I've had many teachers. I'd say those are the two biggest teachers I've had.
0: Okay. And, and for you, David, what was um, who were your teacher, my, instructor?
2: My like, like professor. Uh, I, you know, at the time I wasn't real sure about um, styles or, okay. or lineages. Um So by, my first. Um, teacher was Ken Grimshaw, and he trained in uh, Wallum uh, Kung Fu, which is uh, a really old uh, praying mantis uh, style, um, re- really old, I mean, uh, you learn a lot of forms, um, and a lot of it is based in uh, you know trapping, I'm not sure if sir, you know what the trapping is, but um, um, it's you know grabbing someone and putting them in a position where they can't hit you um okay. and and grabbing and so that was my first system and then uh i trained in uh choi le foot kung fu which is um in china um in southern china anyway wing chun and choi le foot are the two of the most famous systems because um chan hung who was um a martial artist who learned from three different masters combined everything he learned and called it Choy le, uh, he named it the system after his three masters Lay foot, And then uh, I did that and then uh, recently, um, the last three years, I've been dabbling in Wing Chun and then under Professor Martin Arnese.
0: Okay, so I know while you guys are learning all these new, fascinating moves and everything like that, right? Was there a, a time or situation that you're in and you, now you have to put what you were learning into practice?
1: Um, I haven't had to as far as actual self-defense goes, mm-hmm. but I feel like what I've learned from martial arts I use every day. Okay. You know, I've learned um, a lot of self-confidence and okay. discipline. Um, I've learned to focus, um, awareness around me. You become very aware when you're training martial arts and your space around you. Um, and you just have more of a calmness about you. So I would say that I use it every single day. Um, however, you know when you're a good person and a good martial artist, you don't really hang around bad people, and many of the best martial artists don't. Get in fights. Mm. And also, you learn to de-escalate things instead of escalate. Okay. So I've been able to keep calm in a bad situation and talk people down instead of escalating things to get to a fight. Right. right. So, so I do use it um, in that aspect.
0: Okay. What about you,
2: David? That's, that's a very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, really. I like that. That's great stuff. No, David's gonna tell uh, us. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I have uh, twice have used my my training. Um. um you know someone attempting to mug me in you know in Springfield you know Springfield is a big city and um uh, there is a, a element of crime that there that, that um that just, it doesn't go away and um yeah unfortunately I did have to use it but uh but um you know not in a overbearing uh ag- superbly gr- aggressive right uh, I think, like Professor said, a good martial artist knows his limits. Mm. You don't have to go and maim someone. Right. You just scare him a little, you know. And okay. I, I think I did that okay. Right. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, when it, the thing about martial arts is, when it, when you learn it, you never forget it. Oh, Okay. It comes. It comes. Right.
0: You know. Okay. And and so as you learn all these different techniques and and all these different things now. Should that situation arise, you know exactly what to do. Okay.
1: Well, well, we hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A really important part of training is spontaneity training. What I mean by that is you can train set patterns and everything, but you have to also be able to handle a situation when something happens you don't expect. Mm. I've known really good martial artists that were attacked, and their first technique actually didn't work. But they are able to jump to a different technique and still end up making that work. So that's part of what sparring is all about: is your per- your person's coming at you with an unknown attack, right. and you have to be able to respond off of that. So I'd say if you're doing the proper type of training, you know you're better prepared. Yeah. But but still, yeah. the best thing is, is prevention: not to get that cool. the in the first place. Right. And even Chuck Norris, I just read an article with him in it. And people are like, well, what would you do if they come up and try to take your wallet? What would you do to them? He's like, I'd give them my wallet. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are, what legend name yeah. you have. Like, yeah. you know, It's not worth risking your life right. you know, over you know, your wallet.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, perfect. Now, as we're talking about martial arts and everything like that, and, and we probably have listeners who, who listen to all this stuff, right? And they're like, okay. All this stuff is great, but what are the core teachings and principle of martial arts?
1: Yeah, that's a very involved question. You know. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> because there's different styles, okay. first of yes. all, yeah. and what makes one style different from another? Well, what part of the world does it come from? Which is a different culture. Yes. Um, what's the methodology? Is it punching and kicking? Is it grappling? Is it pressure points? And then the teacher, him or herself, um, might have a different philosophy. So, I would say the main thing is to find a good teacher, you know, that's even more important than to find the right art. Try to find an art that, that suits you well, um, you know, however, finding a good teacher is even more important, you know. And people join for different reasons, not everybody's looking for the philosophical side. Some people just want to maybe meet somebody new, they're new to town. Mm. Some people want to get more fit in a different way, you know, something new and exciting. But some people want the whole ball of wax. So they want the physical side and they want the philosophical side. Okay. And that's what I teach here is I do believe in both sides. Mm. Something my teacher, Eric, told me early on, and I still believe to this day, is he said if a teacher is teaching only the physical moves and that's it, he's only doing half the job. Okay. The other half is the, also the mental and philosophical side of it. So mm-hmm. here we try to teach that whole balance, the whole mind body spirit. Okay. But again, not everybody's looking for that. Right,
0: yeah. right,
2: right. I think... Um, the stuff, some of the the slack that, um, like I've gotten slack from jujitsu guys uh, who say forms don't work and it's not practical. And like, and I, I, I tell them, uh, forms do do work. <laughs> you know, uh, forms are are you know, both in Japanese martial arts yeah. and Chinese martial arts, they they teach them for a reason.
0: Right.
2: And. Um, I don't think that people um, understand. There's there's it's a whole. It brings a whole other level of uh, understanding of martial arts when you learn forms. Okay. Why? What is the intent uh, of of you know you know something some type of movement? You know. Okay. Um, it, 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 so I think um, uh, depending on whether you're a traditional martial artist or a mixed martial artist. I, I think there is, um, the philosophies are, are very different. Doesn't mean they're bad, but they're different.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, the thing with forms is they're originally just a way to pass knowledge down from a teacher to a student. Because the teacher may move away or pass away or, you know, what are you to do when the teacher's no longer there? Mm-hmm. We well, memorize all these moves in the form. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over your years and years of training, you unlock, you know, the meaning behind the moves and the forms. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, as you run a very successful school
1: um, or dojo, mm-hmm.
0: um, now, what are some of the feedbacks uh, from some of the, the students, their parents? Like, what are some of the positive things that they have come up to you and told you based on from the time in which, you know, the student enroll you know and they stick with the program like what are some of those
1: sure here? so like when somebody first joins i pay close attention to the registration form because they're putting on there why are they joining okay and so if somebody's there just to get a little more confidence i'm maybe not as worried about as some of the other aspects like i'm trying to see what are they really trying to get out of it so most parents when they come in they don't say well i want my kid to learn how to fight most parents are saying, "Look, my kid really needs a little more confidence, a little more discipline." And yeah, we want to learn some self-defense too, but that's not really the reason why we're bringing them. Mm-hmm. So, so what I try to do is sort of tailor it to the student as far as what they're looking to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's really the main things I've gotten. Um, While they're getting better grades in school now, or you know, they're more confident now. They're not being bullied anymore because they carry themselves in a more confident manner. You know? mm-hmm. um, so I get all those type of, of testimonials from people. But I let them know it doesn't happen overnight, you know, it oh, takes, takes time, it right, takes time to right. train. Okay. Um, it really comes down to quality hours of training. Mm. When you ask somebody how long you've been in martial arts, they always say, well, how many years they've been at it, right? right. Or when I question them further, maybe they skipped a year, and maybe they trained once a week, and maybe they didn't really have a good teacher. Okay. So, but if somebody else trains for a year, but they train five days a week with a really good teacher and they practice, it's a different year with each of them, do you know what I mean? Right, so it really right. comes down to quality hours of training. Okay. but I've got a lot of feedback over there. there's a lot of success, success stories from people who make breakthroughs uh, mm-hmm. you know they gain that confidence and that discipline and that their whole life gets better not just self-defense mm-hmm. I think uh, you
2: know as long as you've been open um, the testament to the success that you've had uh, in helping kids I think I think it's awesome yeah we
1: opened it in 1993 and I thought you know if I can make it three to five years, that will be just amazing. I really didn't see beyond five years because it's hard wow. to keep a karate school going. Uh, I never thought of you looking back on a, almost 30 years, uh, saying, well, I've been op- 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 open almost 30 years now.
0: And, and so what kept you going uh, over all these years? The students. The students.
1: Um, them expressing you know, gratitude, them saying, you know, seeing how much their lives have gotten better. That's what keeps me going. You know, I never opened because I was going to be a businessman and make a lot of money. Most private school owners don't make a lot of money. You know, There's there, some do, okay. most don't. Right. <laughs> so you're in it because you love the arts and you love making a positive contribution to people. Okay. So the students work kept me going for sure. Right.
0: Now, all those uh, responses are amazing. You know, remarkable. As I'm listening to it, I'm here sitting now with you guys. Right. Now. Based on where martial art was originated from, and now we're practicing it here, uh, have you had an opportunity then to do some research on those particular sections, or say, for example, Japan or China or anything like that?
1: I've done some, you know, but I guess where I've gotten more experience is actually meeting people from uh, other countries awesome. and seeing how they move and how they think. Mm-hmm. Um, so i say, yeah, I've done some research and uh, my teacher, Grandmaster Remy Priestess, he was Filipino. You know, he came from the Philippines. So getting to know him as well, I saw his, his culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer yes, I did, but more so by meeting the people not actually just reading out of the book. Wow. Yeah.
0: And, and so what is it about their tradition that, that stood out to you compared to
1: all these different traditions? Um, I, I asked somebody, because I used to train people in laser gauges, and it just so happened that somebody from Japan came over for me to train them in, in technology, and I found out he was in martial arts. Ooh. So I asked him one day, I said, what's the biggest difference you see between here and there? And he just said etiquette. Wow. They are very more formal in their etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're a little more disciplined in their training. Yeah. Um, you know, here, I think having ranks is a good tool, but many people get it sort of blown out of proportion where it's all about getting that next rank. And right. it's kind of, you have it backward, you know, focus yeah, on your right. training and then all that stuff will come to you. You don't have to worry about it. Right, right. And there, I, I uh, worked with a fellow from Romania one time and um, he was a martial arts in Romania. And he said that there, if you even ask about ranking with the teacher, they demote you by two ranks. He said, you were never to ask about ranking. When the teacher feels you're ready, they will promote you. And you not to say, oh, when am I ready for my rank? Bang, they, <laughs> they demote you by two ranks. So,
2: Their etiquette is very
1: different than here. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, um, That um,
2: in the Wallum system, um, there's no real ranking system. It's more like a um, a set of uh, you learn certain things and then they give you a certificate that you learn those, those those movements. Okay. But uh. But I understand exactly where you're coming from, Professor. Because uh, I-, I have noticed that myself here. Mm. Like uh, I think there's more of a of a war, people! Are, are, I think are maybe in. What? I, what? I, I don't want to be rude, but they want to rush to get their next rank. Mm. You know. Do, do you feel that
1: way? Yeah, so here's kind of the fine line that I walk, and I might be getting deep again. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's but perfect. But, but to me, the ranking is a good visible recognition, and right. I do want to give that to people yeah. to, you know, when they earn it, of course, yes. um, because it's like a pat on the back. and It's like a, a milestone. You reach this other milestone. Right. But at the same time, our validation should, should come internally. All right. We shouldn't have to seek our happiness outside of ourselves. Right. We mm-hmm. should feel good within ourselves, and that's right. where true validation should come from. Is internally. Yeah. So I kind of walk that fine line. I right. try to say, "Hey, good job, keep up the good work," but at the same time, you know, be confident within yourself, and you don't need the external things to be you know, to be happy or feel confident.
0: Uh, that's so. that's that's a great way of having that perspective. Yeah. Because yeah. that way, kind of, you know have you focus on the right things then. Because yes. you know you earned it. Right, yes. exactly. No. Not a participation trophy yeah. to say, oh, it pa- showed up, yep. but he actually put the work in, yeah. and this is the result.
1: But the reason a lot of people are unhappy or spiritually kind of empty is because they're trying to get their validation from external things, right. from people, or things, or money, or that next rank. And you can't get happiness that way. It has to be internal. Right. So to me, that's part of what the martial arts training is all about, is I'm trying to have people be able to feel validated themselves.
2: Mm. I've heard in some Japanese um uh I think I can't remember if it was Shornru or Rach Weichiru, um I heard a guy tell me one time the real training begins at black belt. And that make to me that makes sense. Why is that? Because you you don't know like you learn up to Black Belt and then the, 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 the hard work comes after Black Belt, you know?
1: Yeah. Black, you, ever, you ever hear that? Yeah, Black Belt is your foundation. Yeah. Uh, so, so you are learning and working up to Black Belt. Okay. But at that point is when you have your foundation built. Oh. You have your basics, you have your philosophy, your, yeah. you should be physically fit by that yeah. point. Okay. You should have a, a pretty good understanding of what martial arts is all about at that yeah. point. So, yes, you've trained and learned up until Black Belt, but your foundation is now built. So the problem is, too many people think black belt. I'm, I'm there. I'm at my end now. But actually, it's your beginning. It's really your foundation is now built.
0: So, so basically, if I understood what you guys are saying, then it's almost like you're you're building a building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you create that firm foundation, right. and everything else built on
1: top yeah, of that. You then. should have your basics. You should be, you know, got some physical, okay, you know, training under your belt. You, you know, you should have an idea of what the martial arts is yeah. all about. Yeah. And then the higher up you get, it's more about also giving back. Yeah. Nice. If you look at the highest people at the highest levels, the people would also give a lot back to the martial arts by mm. by right teaching what they've learned.
2: Yeah. Right, and and teaching, uh, particularly in Japanese culture, is a big deal.
0: They want you to teach what you know. And um, if I understood this correctly too, they do more of a um, apprenticeship, or um, it is not a word where you learn under that person. Yes. so it's like.
2: Um, um, yeah, yeah, so,
0: um, um,
2: I guess it's the highest rank in Japan, Hanshi, I think?
1: Um, yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I think
2: that. it, I think it's Hanshi. It's the tenth
1: degree playing. A,
2: a teacher's, the teacher of teachers.
1: Oh. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's
2: some kind of translation like that, if yeah, I remember. It's
1: all different terms, but like Shihan yeah. is also Yeah, yeah shishan, teacher Yeah, teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's different... But there's a few things about teaching. One thing is that it keeps the art alive. Mm. What happens if you keep learning, but you never teach? Uh, what happens to the art? Mm. The other thing is it makes you a better student. When I would go and learn from every priest, he would say, okay, go back now and teach what you learned. It now makes you better. Every time you're teaching it, you're practicing yourself another time. Mm. So it makes you a better uh, student, mm. and it keeps the art alive. Wow.
0: So, yeah. so, so now would be a, a great time then for you guys to... Tell us exactly, you know, based on your qualification, like, you know, where do you rank then?
2: Uh, well, I rank under professor as a, okay. uh, a yellow belt. Um, I have an equivalent, I guess will be equivalent in what praying mantis to a black belt. And Troy Lee foot um, uh, a black, uh, second degree black belt.
0: Okay. And what would... So the sensei. <laughs> <So laughs> he's, he's got <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't
1: even really get a lot into the ranking thing okay. at this point, but I do have the certificates and credentials and all that. Right. Um, some call me professor, some say grandmaster, some say sensei. Okay. Um, it's all good. You know. Right. Mainly, I just really, my whole purpose is to keep training and becoming a better student mm. and then giving people opportunities here as a teacher as well. So so many people, once they reach a certain level, um, I start to have them help teach. And you find they just get so much better once they start to teach everything. That's really my main purpose. I'm just trying to really make a positive contribution to other people.
0: And I can see it, because as as you're teaching in the other room around, you know, me and David, we walk around and we're were looking at all these different certifications, the awards, you know, recognition from the town, I mean, so it's not just like, hey, this person, no, it's a real deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know,
1: to me, I just have those up because they're testimonials. Right. You know, it's from somebody in my lineage, who's a lot of them are, are well-known, saying, look, in my eyes, you know, he's reached this level and he's done good. Right. So really, to me, that's what it is. A certificate is just a testimonial. Hmm. Um, you know, Definitely well-deserved and earned. Thank you. Yeah. No. The, the thing with the town I really like is because it was for mostly okay. martial arts, but also swimming and baseball. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that I've done well at other things as well. Okay. Not just martial arts. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of the highest level people. They're also really good at other things. Okay. Because I think you should be able to take that formula, like how do they get good at martial arts, and take that same formula to be really good at other things as well. Mm. I think it's important to have a balanced life.
2: But, like, not to to promote your book, but you talk about that stuff in your book. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, um, I did um, an episode on the idea that you have the three pillars of health. And so you're trying to keep your balance. And those pillars are financial, spiritual, and physical. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened to one, affect the other one. Yeah. And you're trying to, you feel like you have to world on your shoulder, yeah. you know? And so a lot of people are trying to keep that balance, you know, yeah. and it's a challenge, you know? Yeah, it definitely is, yeah. it definitely, yeah. yeah. So I know Hollywood has been a, a great catalyst, you know, ambassador uh for for martial arts and kung fu um that because of hollywood now it's all over the world right but as a you know sensei instructor as you're watching all these different movies you know and different special effects how much of the information do you think they have done correctly are they off on this or can you say wow i've never seen that before I'm going to, you know, incorporate that move into what I'm already doing.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, for me, I kind of classify martial arts in, in three, like, main categories. You have survival martial arts, like that's what we teach our tempo Karate. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes at you and you defend yourself. Yeah. You have um, demonstrative martial arts, which... It's entertaining and it gets people to go, wow, look at that, wow, they, yeah. they kicked really high, wow, they broke a board. Yeah. And then you have sport martial arts, um, the sport aspect like tournaments and winning medals and pools yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So keep in mind that the movies is really more demonstrated martial arts. No, so no. Okay. In the beginning I didn't like that, but as time goes on I actually appreciate that because that's how we get a lot of people in martial arts. Mm. So the more time goes on I do appreciate that side of it. Okay. So I'll say it's mixed. You know, you'll see some martial art movies and there'll be some really good techniques in there. And other ones are obviously made for film. Right. You know, so you just have to keep that in mind when you're watching. It. It's demonstrated martial arts. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't watch a lot of martial art movies. People are surprised. I think I've watched every one probably a million times. Okay. I'm not really big into it. Oh. But I will mention a few, like Donnie Yen. I've been watching some, of his Ip Man, and yes. I really like oh, some yeah. of those movies. I really <laughs> yes. like some of those a yeah. lot. Yeah.
2: Um, a lot of realism in those, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff.
1: Is this there. might be before Senior Guy's Time with The Last Dragon with Timex. Yes. I really see. like how he moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a corny movie, but they did have like good philosophy yeah. in there yeah. as well. Absolutely. And he moved really well. Okay. Um, so those are a few of the movies. And of course, Enter the Dragon, some of the classics that, yeah. that yeah. we all love.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, I think... Um, most martial artists um, can say that Bruce Lee um, I think he. if you look at like the old uh, Chinese opera type of uh, kung fu movies they're they're jumping on the wire and they're doing these flying kicks and they're having the swords that bounce back and forth and all this stuff Um, that was great and stuff but, but Bruce Lee I think brought the realism of martial arts into his movies it, 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 you know if you hit something and you hit it and, it and it hurts and you bleed you know in those old movies you don't bleed or stuff like that you, you, you fall on the floor and you get, you get back up and you know I think Bruce Lee was one like one of the innovators of oh if this if this was really that happened to me this is what would happen to me I, you know um, Return of the Dragon with Chuck Norris I think we were talking about when he breaks his arm with the uh the, he's Wing Chun he the, the, the gun sound and he breaks his arm, and, and then uh, and then kicks him and hurts his leg. Yeah, that's real Wing Chun that he's using on Chuck Norris. And when he backs him into the corner of the wall, that's Wing Chun he's using. And that, that's real stuff. Like that's, I like that. That stuff is, I think, fantastic. Right. And if you really did, you know, hit someone that hard and break their arm, you could, if you understand the philosophy of, the right. art. So I, I think, I think a lot of people looked to him at the time. You know. Right. Especially after he died, uh, 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 to to the the realism, Um, and I think I think now movies movies now are are working more realism type stuff. But um, it's definitely a different um, a different feel than you know the '70s and '60s uh, martial arts movies.
0: I think. Right, right. Now um, to follow up from that, now um, Bruce Lee is gone. Even though he is probably the most the most iconic image and figure you know with martial arts now um is there anyone else that you guys would be like you know that person right there you know stood out who's basically carrying because it's almost like lucy stock because there's no mm-hmm. more movie that's being made with him but who else do you guys think like based on i know you don't watch a lot of, but yeah, know you know based lot, but on,
1: probably the same names everybody's heard you know i okay. uh, like some of the original steven seagal movies yes uh, yeah. John claude Van Damme yep. his first movie or two I liked uh, Jet Li you know, mm-hmm. he's pretty impressive Donnie Yen uh, mm-hmm. liked him a lot um, yeah of course Chuck Norris was, absolutely of course he was, the real you no, know he you was know? a real deal oh, yeah. no he was a real
2: fight oh yeah he was, mm-hmm. he was he was he was a bad man yeah. he was a bad yeah. I think he still kicks great you know he's, well, he's what 77 yeah, at least he still kicks
0: Maybe more high yeah. it's a great kick mm-hmm. great well, kicks you know what's funny is um, I know you know, uh, we have more. You know, to this particular episode, but for the sake of time, we're probably gonna cut it short. But we're, we're gonna get into some of that. You know, Chuck Norris. You know, because we me and baby were talking. Like, do you feel like he get the recognition that he should? You know, kind of like pushed aside, even though he's done a lot of movies where you know he's doing his kicks and stuff like that. But um, here's the other question that I wanted to ask. Now, if a parent is listening to this podcast um, for the first time, and as you're, you know, sharing about who you are and the principle and value that you bring to your school and why it's special, what is it? What's one uh, what or two things that you want them to hear and why they'd want to sign up with your school?
1: Uh, well, first of all, there's the physical fitness. You know, far too many people, not just kids, are in front of their computer or you know, television on their phone. You know especially during the whole COVID thing, they're not as physically active. So we're going to get them moving, physically moving and in better shape. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is respect. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've been noticing the past couple of years or not in the world. um, It seems like respect is really going downhill even more than it previously was. Mm -hmm. If you look at a lot of the major problems happening in the world, it's lack of respect for people, Mm -hmm. places or things. So in our dojo, it's our own little world, and we're teaching proper respect. Yes, ma'am. You know, yes, sir. You know, bowing. That the respect's all about the bowing. Um, you know, so that's the big thing they're going to get here: you know, the physical fitness, um, learning respect for others, and the discipline and confidence. You know, and then of course, I think right now it's very important to learn to defend yourself. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Uh, right, right. But right. I think respect is a, a huge thing.
0: In, in martial arts. Right. And um, so if someone wanted to get in touch with you, you, know, what's the address, location that you'd want to give up? Yeah, sure. So I opened up in
1: 1993, and the name is uh, Cromwell Martial Arts. And we're currently at 871 Newfield Street in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, I can be reached at um, 860-632-8188. And my email address is C, like in Charlie, at gmail.com. So there's all the different ways, or just Google my name, Friendship Chakowsky, mm-hmm. and you'll find me all over the place. And
0: I also put that in a description down below. Perfect. Do you also offer any um, online classes like Zoom?
1: We do, yeah. When COVID hit, you know, about a couple of weeks in, I, all of a sudden I started to think, wait a minute, this thing's gonna go a lot longer than two weeks. What am I gonna do? So I reached out to some of my colleagues and it turned out they were doing Zoom. Now at that point, I never even heard of Zoom. I didn't know what it was. But I got a really fast education on it because i had to <laughs> right. um, so most students are now coming in person but we still have um zoom classes online okay. and some people are still doing it via zoom yeah. so i do group classes and private lessons now on zoom if people want to do that all
0: right so any last thought before we wrap up david anything else you want? To... You,
1: you, you do the uh, this is learning as well stills right uh, well, mostly through the Zoom. Yeah. Oh, and I have DVDs also. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That's of, what I meant. The, the yeah, DVD, so, yeah. so many people around the world and some mm-hmm. outside, yeah, outside of the country um, order DVDs. And it shows everything we do step by step. Okay. So that's another way some people are learning. Nice.
0: All right. So that's it um, for this particular segment. We do have a follow-up and um, I learn a lot from this particular episode. And thank you guys for taking time out of your business schedule to listen and then also listen to learn and also to be educated from some of the things that uh, was discussed today. I walk away feeling like I've learned a lot more and I, I want to thank Professor or Sensei. Thank you. Thank <laughs> like David too and, and for it to sit down and, and to really have this discussion. So thank you again to all my uh, listener and my sponsor. Appreciate and love you guys and I'll see you on the next episode.